Thank everybody for coming today and staying. Turn please with me to Romans. Romans chapter 1 and verse 28. Romans chapter 1 and verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do, do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliceness, maliceness, or maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do this same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now turn please over to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and verse 22. Romans 3 and 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. The title I have over my message today is, For All Have Sinned. And in the first place where we read, I'd actually like to, if you could all listen for a moment, I'd like to read that out of a different translation that I have printed up here, um, because there were some words there that may not be understood by all. So let me reread in Romans chapter 1 and verse 28. Furthermore, since they do not, did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know... God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of them who practice them. What I'd like to talk about today is man's sin first. And we read in Romans chapter 1 and verse 28, I went through and counted them up. There's basically 22 sins listed there, or 22, yeah, I would call them sins that are listed there. And you know, the thing that struck me about this was in the world in which we live in today, you can see so many of these things. Now, I'm sure they've always been able to be seen, but you can especially see some of these things today. And one of the things that really has struck me recently is this, that last one where it talks about not only do they do all these things, but they also approve of those who practice them. And you know, what made me think of this is um, at... Where I work, I have to, we have to do um, uh, diversity training for our employees. And so as a manager, I, had, I have to do this for my people. I have to take them through a standard presentation. 
And one of the things that we as a company, that we as a company, um, one of the protected classes of people are those that engage in, in the terrible sin of homosexuality. And you know, it really struck me that, and believe me, I didn't cover it uh, the way that the company probably would have liked me to have covered it, um, but the thing that struck me about this was that that's exactly what we see here. That's exactly what in this country and in this world we're increasingly being told to do is with this whole tolerance thing. We're to be tolerant of others who choose to live sinful lifestyles and everything like that. Now, certainly I'm not saying that we should we should uh, go off and, and bash these people that are, live sinful lifestyles, and there's many different types of, types of sinful lifestyles. I'm certainly not saying that we should go off and not have compassion for them or anything else. In fact, we should try, if possible, to see them safe so that they could be not in such a condition. But the reality is, is that what we have today in this the world we live in has gone far beyond that. It's gone far beyond just compassion for an individual. It's gone to the point where they are a protected class. They have the right to sin like that. And not only that, but we should observe it and even in some cases give them privilege because of that. And that's the world in which we live in today. That's exactly what we read about there. Not only knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do them, but have pleasure in them that do them, or approve of others that do them. We're taught today, you're taught in schools, we're taught everywhere, to approve those that do these things, not be against them, to be tolerant. And the Bible is very clear on that, right there. It says very clearly, and approve those who do who practice them. It's clearly listed there as one of the sins. So the world is an ever-darkening place, this world in which we live. It's impossible to go out there and not be have this constant onslaught of people and things, whether it be the television or whatever it may be. It's very difficult to escape the sins of this world. Even if we're not committing them, they're constantly around us. We're constantly being bombarded by them. It's a very dark world in which we live. There are many, many, so many of these things, evil, greed, depravity, envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanderers, God-haters, definitely a very common, prevalent thing today in much of the entertainment and music that we listen to. Insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. Disobedient to parents. That's a, that doesn't sound all that bad. I bet there's a lot of people here that are disobedient to parents, including the speaker. But it's sin. That's the point here. Is these are all lists of sin. And these are things which we do. And worse yet, in some cases, we approve of those who practice them. Friend, the world which we live is dark. And it's very tough to be the age of some of you in school still, or some of you that might be out of school and in the work world now or in other things. It's a very difficult environment to live in. There is sin all around us. But friend, the point of us preaching the gospel is not so that we can make any sort of social statement about the sins of this world or about the world in which we live in. 
the point of us preaching the gospel is not so that we can say, well, the next time you hear somebody preaching tolerance of a sinful lifestyle, you should not listen to it. That's not the point of our gospel preaching. The point of our gospel preaching is not that we can change people's minds and attitudes so that we can somehow change the world and make it a better place. That's not it at all. The point of our gospel preaching is very, very, very individual and targeted to you. And that is, we want to see you reached and saved. I read through 22 things there that are terrible sins that we see very, very much prevalent in the world around us. But friend, if you only did one of those 22 things once in your life, you're a sinner. And not only that, but the world we know, and those that are not saved, the, the world in general that are not saved, they're on a downward path to hell if they do not turn and repent and get saved, each individual in the world. But I want you to, to now think specifically about you and where you're headed. Because while the world is a very sinful place and you're constantly bombarded with all kinds of sinful imagery and sounds and, and everything else, you are responsible for your own life in terms of your own sin. And as a sinner, you are responsible to God for your sins. You are responsible to suffer the punishment of your sins. Your friends, though your teachers, your co-workers, everybody around you can be as sinful as, you, as they want to be. But friend, that does not at all release you from your responsibility before God. You have a personal responsibility for your sins. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. The Bible makes that very clear. The world's a sinful place, but most importantly, I'm a sinner. And so are you. And friend, what I want to get across to you today is that sin is not a big world problem. It is your problem. And it is your problem that you have got to get solved or else you will spend eternity in punishment for your sins. We also read in Romans chapter 3 and verse 22 about the righteousness of God. God is very righteous. God is obviously the opposite of this sinful world in terms of he's the opposite of a sinful man because he doesn't sin. Not only does he not sin, but he really does not like sin. Because we read there that one of the things, not only do they do the same, but have pleasure in them, or that they approve of those who practice them, well, God doesn't do that. So God does not like sin. God hates sin. In God's holy, righteous presence, there cannot be sin. And friend, because of that, we read in other places, there is a great gulf fixed. There is language like that in Scriptures. We also read that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We miss the bar that God has set for us because we're sinners. Because all have sinned, we miss that bar. We do not come up tall enough. We do not measure up. God is righteous. We as sinful men are not. And friend, 
Again, this is not a world problem. This is your problem. You don't measure up. I don't measure up. This is a very personal thing. Sin prevents us from measuring up to where God would want us to be. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. God is righteous. He can't stand sin. So what do we have to do? You're responsible for your sin. God's righteous. So what does that mean? Well, you've listened to enough gospel meetings to know what I'm going to say next, and that that is that God's grace, we read in verse 24 of Romans chapter 3, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God's grace, God had such grace, God had such mercy upon us that even though we fell short of the bar, even though I fall short of that bar, because I sin. Even though of these 22 things listed here, I do them. Even though that, God has such grace that He has provided salvation for me. He provided salvation in the form of His Son, which came down and died upon the cross on Calvary so that I could be saved. Friend, I'm a sinner. These things that are listed here, they describe things that I do. Things that I did before I was saved and things that I do now. Some of them. Friend, I do not measure up to God's glory. I do not measure up to God's righteousness. And if you ask any person here that's saved, they will tell you the same thing. We do not measure up on our, on our own. We could never have measured up. We would always fall short because we all sin. But God's grace for us provides salvation so that I will not have to suffer for my sins. Anybody here that's saved will not have to suffer for their sins. We all came to that realization when there was we realized that we are sinners not that the world is sinful, not that everybody sins, but that I sin. I'm a sinner and I'm lost. And I'm headed to hell. And there is nothing I can do of myself to cleanse myself. Maybe I could try and not sin for a while, but eventually I would sin again. There is nothing I could do. It was all up to the grace of God in sending His Son to die on the cross. Every Sunday morning, starting at 10 o'clock, we worship that one who came and died for us there upon the cross. This is a real thing. He was seen by over 500 people after he rose from the dead. There is virtually, well, not virtually, but there is indisputable proof of the events that happened here in the Scriptures. It's true. The Lord Jesus Christ died upon the cross and He rose from the dead. And He did this. The perfect, spotless Son of God who walked here as a man every bit like we are, but free from sin 
suffered there on the cross so that this sin problem that you and I individually have would be met. This thing that we are responsible for, this thing that we have no ability to cleanse ourselves of, He has offered us the cleansing that we need. And through His death on the cross there, through His shedding of blood, every single person, not only here in this building, but in the world can be saved. But friend, again, this is not a world problem right now to you. This is your problem. And this is something that right now you need to figure out. We read in many places there is no guarantee of tomorrow. Friend, last week, on Monday, I, at work, I was told about a person who I had seen in the hallways at work that was 48 years old that went out for a jog in perfect health and was absolutely climbing the corporate ladder very fast. He was a very good businessman, many things going for him. Went out for a jog one Sunday evening, came home and dropped dead. It was like that. He didn't feel sick. He didn't feel anything. He had a massive heart attack and he was in perfect health. He ran several miles a week. Just dropped dead like that. Friend, there's no guarantee of what's going to happen tomorrow. There is no guarantee whatsoever. That's why this problem that you have and that I have, that I have already gotten solved through the grace of God, but this problem that you still have out there, the sin problem, you've got to get it handled. You have got to make this the top priority in your life such that you realize you're a sinner. That these things that are listed here that describe all the sins of the world, they describe your sins. And this is your problem that you need to get addressed. You have a responsibility to either continue on in your sin and accept the punishment for your sins or to choose salvation. You can choose to avail yourself of the grace of God. The, the wonderful thing, the good news here of the Gospel is that Number one, the door of salvation is still open. As long as those of us that are saved are still here upon this earth, and as long as you're still breathing, the door of salvation for you is still open. Number two, you don't have to do anything to get it other than simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and realize that you're a lost sinner. So you still have the opportunity to be saved. That's the good news of the gospel. And number two is, you don't have to suffer in eternity for your sins. You can be saved right now in the seat where you sit. If something terrible should happen to you today and you're saved, we'll all be very sad that you're gone. We will, there will be much crying and tears and everything else. 
But friend, we won't be nearly as sad as if you go and you're not saved. That would be a much more terrible thing. Our crying would be much worse than if you go and you're saved. Because we would know you're in heaven. You're in a much better place than this. You have dealt with that sin problem. You have dealt with your responsibility for your sins. Your debt has been paid in full. And you're on your way to heaven. You can have that knowledge right now. It's offered to you. You have the opportunity to be saved. All you have to do is believe that you're a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Salvation is that simple. There's nothing else that's required to be added to it. You're a sinner. You need salvation. That's it. God is righteous. He cannot stand sin. You need salvation. God is righteous. He will punish sin. Sinners. For their sins. Unless you avail yourself of salvation. You can't get much simpler than that. The gospel, preaching the gospel, really, the simplest of men can be and are excellent gospel preachers because this is not a complicated thing. It's believing you're a sinner and coming to salvation while there's still time. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee that there will be somebody on this platform next week to offer you salvation. There's no guarantee you'll be sitting here in this meeting to hear somebody preach the gospel next week. But the good news is, the gospel is you can be saved and you can be saved right now. Friend, realize that you're a sinner. Realize that this these 22 sins that I have read here are not just things that are nebulous, applicable to the world in general, and that the world is evil and there's all kinds of influences upon you. It's true. It's very true. But it doesn't matter because you personally are responsible before the Lord for the sins which you commit. And friend, I would not want to stand in your shoes. Now, I wouldn't trade anything with you right now to be in your shoes. But I especially wouldn't want to stand in your shoes when you come to the end of your life. Even if you've lived a good life, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes because you'll be cast into hell for eternity. Friend, it's a terrible place. Certainly a place where I deserve to go to be punished for my sins. But the grace of God has made it so we don't have to. Simply realize you're a sinner and realize your need for salvation and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Right now, in the seat where you sit, don't even go downstairs to go eat lunch. Right now, get this matter handled. Because the responsibility that you bear for your sins, the punishment that you will go through, is just unbearable to even think about. And to think about the senseless reason that you would have done this because you don't need to 
There is no reason whatsoever that in this day of grace you need to suffer for your sins. Be saved where you sit. Do it now. And just believe and you'll be saved for eternity. Now in closing, I'd like to sing...